Welcome to Better Together with a Life Worth Living. I'm Phil Peck. Our stories teach, inspire, and bind people together. On this podcast, you're going to find out what it's like to have an acquired brain injury. Jacqueline Christmas was hit on the head with a piece of steel in 2019. It changed her life. One minute your life is great, and then all of a sudden your life can change in a heartbeat. Since then, she's been working to overcome her brain injury. Now she's raising money to help others. On this podcast, we'll also hear about the types of services available to help people who, like Jacqueline, have acquired brain injuries. Special thanks to William McRae for sponsoring this episode. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education with the Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board. Jacqueline Christmas is a brain injury survivor. Before her head injury, she had a job that she liked, had a good income, and loved to drive her Corvette. As she recovered from her head injury, Jacqueline has regained some of her former talents, such as cooking. She makes and sells pierogies from her home in LaSalle. The proceeds go to organizations that help others with brain injuries. Jacqueline is with me in the studio. Welcome. Thank you. Jacqueline, where'd you get this idea to sell pierogies to raise money to help others? Well, I love cooking, and I figure that people love pierogies, and it is uh, time-consuming to make, however... And uh, I started to try it at the camp first and found that it was very successful. So I figured I would start advertising it on social media Mm -hmm. and it was very successful. Uh, People coming up to me even um, wanting to even give money to help with the fundraising, right. you know, without even buying the progies and that, and because of the because of the brain injuries, and people even telling me stories about family members having brain injuries. So I find it very beneficial. It gives me a great warming feeling that making the progies for people. So how does it work? Um, people send in their orders and then yes. they uh, come to your house and buy them? Yeah, pe- I, people send in their orders either messaging right on Facebook or um, they go right to my website. I, I'm unable to drive because of my brain injury. So they come and pick it up and uh, they enjoy <laughs> They enjoy the the progies and then they come back and buy more. Oh, so they, <laughs> yeah. So you've heard that they've enjoyed the progies. Oh, they enjoy it, and not only do they enjoy it, they also advertise it too as well. They they post it on uh, social media, and then other people see their posts, and then they <laughs> sure. It's, yeah, it's the old word of mouth. Uh, yes, it spreads yeah. around. Well, yes. that's yeah. a good thing. And I take it there's more than one type of pierogi. I have several types of pierogies, yes. The uh, potato and cheese, the loaded, the bacon cheeseburger, pizza. I've also advertised it out there. Like if anybody has any other suggestions, so people came up with other ones like poutine, you know, so I've taken their suggestions and made other pierogies and that. So I have quite an extensive list of pierogies um, that's available. Now, uh, I saw... 
on your Facebook, I believe it was, that at one point you didn't think you were going to have the ability to cook again. Yes, I was actually told by my doctors, uh, a few of my doctors, that I was not able to cook again because I do have head injury dementia. My doctors, I go to therapy and I thank Shirley from the Brain Injury Clinic that she's helped me with using techniques of timers and using other tools and techniques of being able to cook again and um, having my daughter being around too as well. Thank you, Holly, that she's there, that I'm able to cook. So that's been very helpful. So they thought you couldn't cook because you wouldn't be able to remember the recipes? or yes. And what else? Hazards of leaving a stove on or stuff like that because of the dementia. Is that what the timers help with? That's right. So it must be quite an operation in your kitchen. Yes, it is. It is quite an operation. (laughs) I can picture flour everywhere. Uh, There's a lot of, yeah, there's bacon going, there's (laughs) hamburger going because I'm making so many different types of of progies at one time, like because I want to stock up. How many pierogies can you make in a day, say, or a week? In a day, we can make over 30, 40 dozen. Wow. Yeah, easy. Having a brain injury, there's lack of sleep. So I wait, I'm awake at like 3 o'clock in the morning making pierogies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go back to 2019. Um, okay. What do you remember about that day that you got hit? Oh, wow. One day can change your life. One day can, you know, alter your life. I was uh, sitting in a medical clinic and a guy walked through the door and it was a double door. The six foot metal bar that divides the two doors, that bar fell down and hit my head on the front lobe, Uh like on the frontal part. Yes. And, uh, that's all it took, and um, after that, yeah, I was rushed to the hospital, and you so they treat you for a brain injury at the hospital. Yes, yeah, did you have concussion. Surgery? No, I did not have a surgery. Um, it was a concussion. Then it came on with um, a lot of problems. I have post-trauma vision syndrome. Like, there's a lot of problems. Seizures, vertigo, dementia. Middle, I have middle ear damage on that side, too, as well. Wow. A lot of buzzing in my ear that does not stop. I'm sure a lot of people that are hearing this that has brain injury problems can agree with that. <laughs> You know, anxiety, oh my Lord. You know, I've never experienced anxiety before. I'm on a lot of medication because of anxiety now, so it helps me. You know, cars. Cars, I was not able to even sit inside of a vehicle because of that. I would have to wear a blinder on my eyes, you know, in order to be inside of a vehicle even. Yes. Thanks to my doctors, they've helped me. Right. You, You seem to be doing okay as you sit here. I wouldn't know if you didn't tell me all this uh, these symptoms. And are there things you still can't do? 
A lot of things that I can't do. Can I'm not allowed to drive because of my vision. Okay. I have uh, post-trauma vision syndrome. I have seizures, the vertigo. You know, seizures happen at any time. You know, you can't drive. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. You're probably safer not to drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really cripples your life. Right. So when you think back to that day, what goes through your head? I wish I wasn't sitting in that chair. <laughs> you know, I wish that it never happened. But there were things that uh, you used to do that you can't now, and it all changed in an instant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One minute your life is great, and then all of a sudden your life can change in a heartbeat. Yes. When you were learning to cook again, uh, what kind of help did you have? Yeah. Uh, the help that I was having to cook again was very basic eggs and boiling, you know, whereas before I was like a chef. Oh, okay. Everybody said I should own a, you know, start a restaurant. And so when you're starting at the very basics of boiling water, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard to start. But now I'm getting back up there. And when people are very happy and pleased and commenting on, you know, these are the best progies I've ever had. It makes me feel happy. Right. You know, it makes me feel I'm there. Of course. It gives me not only the pleasure that I'm cooking, it gives me the pleasure that I'm working again, even though I cannot work outside of the home because of seizures and stuff like that. But it's, it's, it's fulfillment, and it's also warming. Right. It's also completement. Where did you learn these techniques and these tricks to you know, learn to cook again? Yeah, a lot of self-teaching. It took a lot of time. It's coming up to three years. It's taken two and a half years of my medications to be sorted out because it's trial and error of medications. Now getting to the point where I can start being able to manage and start cooking. So now then I can start thinking properly. When you have a brain injury, it's hard. It's really, really difficult to think properly when you're not managed on medications. And you mentioned you were in the hospital. Yeah. Some of that time, there were some therapies and counseling. And what what kind of stuff did you have there? Yeah. So I've done a lot like therapy. Um, I've been to the brain injury clinic, which is great. Dr. Ann and Shirley and, of course, Dr. Mustafa. They've been a wonder to me and have helped me through this, you know, have helped me through depression too as well. That's a big thing of brain injury is depression. Now, Jacqueline, I'm going to come back and talk with you more in a few minutes. Okay. But right now, I'd like to hear more about these hospital treatments that you've mentioned. Hotel Du Grace Healthcare in West Windsor helps a lot of people with head injuries. They have a special program for acquired brain injuries, abbreviated as ABI. I'm here with Dr. Anne McLaughlin. She's a neuropsychologist with the ABI program. 
Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Oh, you're quite welcome. Now, I know there's lots of different causes for head injuries, mm -hmm. but I'm wondering what are the most common symptoms that you see when people get here? Okay. So uh, when people come to our outpatient acquired brain injury program, sometimes they've come to us because they've had a traumatic brain injury, right, where they've had a blow to the head or they've had a fall, and the mildest form of that is concussion. Other times they have a non-traumatic brain injury, and that might be the result of bleeding in their brain due to a ruptured aneurysm or a brain tumor or some other neurological condition. So the symptoms that they have uh, are usually a wide range of symptoms. So we don't deal with the physical stuff. More often we're dealing with the social, uh, emotional and uh, cognitive changes that people are dealing with. So how do you decide what uh, people need? I mean, is it obvious when you first meet them? Or? Well, usually what we do is an assessment actually, right? So um, one of the things I do as a neuropsychologist is I do what's called a neuropsychological assessment. So that's an assessment that looks at people's thinking abilities, their memory, their problem solving, understanding visual information, and then we also look at how they're doing emotionally as well. Um, if you're seeing a speech and language therapist who might be working with someone with a brain injury, they would do a cognitive communication assessment where they're looking more at language abilities and speech. An occupational therapist might look at more functional type tasks to see how th people do things day to day. And there's no common thread in all of this? It's Each depends on the patient? Yeah, every patient is different, right? Everybody's brain injury is slightly different. Everybody's brain is wired slightly differently from their life experiences and from their genetic background. When you're trying to help somebody, what kind of tools do you have? What things are you trying to help them overcome? Well, um, so for example, our uh, social worker might help people apply for different uh, financial support programs, things like Ontario Disability Support Program or CPB, uh, Canada Pension uh, Disability Benefits, uh, for example. She might do some counseling with people in terms of adjusting to the way things are right now. Our occupational therapist in our program might work on some functional tasks so getting people to pace their activities so they can manage uh, symptoms, for example, of concussion or uh, to compensate for memory difficulties or visual perceptual problems. Okay? I might see people uh, for some short brief psychotherapy to work on more of the emotional difficulties that they're having, uh, reducing symptoms of depression, anxiety, and helping them to come uh, to be able to move forward and do things despite the difficulties that they're having. What sort of outcomes do you get for people? Uh, you know, I know there's lots of different people, but is it normal that people improve in some fashion? Uh, usually people improved in some fashion, yes. So for people who have something very mild, a mild brain injury like a concussion, for example, we would, would expect that within a few weeks to a few months or maybe even a year or so that they'll uh, recover and return back to most of their activities. People who have more severe brain injuries will never get back to exactly how they were before, but they can often find a new way of living their life, right? And again, everybody's uh, situation is different. People show the most changes within the first three to six months after brain injury, but people will continue to change and improve one, two, even more years later. So patients are often need to kind of work away at things, but they also in the meantime need to live their life, right? They can't put their lives on hold as they, uh, as they uh, recover during that, that first uh, few months and few years. An ongoing process. An though. ongoing process, yeah. Thanks very much for talking with me today. Dr. Anne McLaughlin is a neuropsychologist with the Acquired Brain Injury Program at Hotel Du Grace Healthcare. 
We'll hear more from Jacqueline Christmas and learn more about programs that help people like Jacqueline who have a serious head injury. Thanks to William McRae for sponsoring this episode. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education with the Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board. You're listening to Better Together with a Life Worth Living. I'm Phil Peck. In this podcast, we're talking about acquired brain injuries. They can happen in an instant and change a person for the rest of their life, or even kill them. Now, Jacqueline Christmas is a brain injury survivor. She's had a lot of help along the way and now is trying to help other people who have brain injuries. Jacqueline, in addition to your parochial fundraising, you also have a nonprofit organization, Brain Injury Making Miracles. Yes. Tell me about that. What do you hope it will do? The reason why I started it is to help others, you know, because there are so many other people that I've experienced that does not have funding. You know, there's funding that's not available for glasses, for example, special glasses. Um, or medications. These are things so, that aren't covered by... Uh, th- that are not covered, yes. Not covered by people's insurance. Yes, yeah. You, you've helped raise money. Yeah. And um, you have a website that yeah, will uh, also be part of uh, this organization. Yes. What kind of things will be on your website that could help people? Okay, so on my website, what I do have is uh, to uh, teach people... Uh, awareness. Um, I also have teaching classes for exercise classes, cooking classes that I do have. Um, I have recipes. I also have the stores so that people can order the progies in that. What I also do have is my cookbook. So it's called Making Miracles Cookbook. And the proceeds will be also donated to the Bra- uh, Brain Injury Association of Windsor-Essex. All right. Okay. Um, so I'm pretty excited. And who helps you with your uh, with your website? And, uh, getting it's all me. These, just you? Just me. All yeah, right. I build my website. I'm, I've, I've always built websites, and I've, I've never lost that technique. That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It takes me longer, but however, I still plug away at it. I love it. And you plan to put on more videos and lessons and classes like that as time goes on. Yes. Well, that's terrific. Now, you mentioned some of the funds will go to the Brain Injury Association. Yes. And so right now I'm going to uh, talk to them about what they do. Okay. My next guest is Anna Jurak. She's the executive director of the Brain Injury Association of Windsor and Essex County. The organization raises awareness about brain injuries and has programs to help those who have a brain injury. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for having me, Phil. What are the main things your organization does? Well, there are two really big things. The first thing is that we enhance the lives of those affected by a brain injury. So that means people who have actually had a brain injury and have survived and their caregivers. So we, we put them together mm-hmm. uh, because they're all, they're all affected. The other big part of our programs is public education. So brain injury prevention is a huge thing. So we do a lot of different programs that brings awareness about brain injury and um, educates people about how to prevent brain injury. Okay, let's start with that one. How do you prevent brain injuries? Good question. Glad you asked. (laughs) Um, Wearing a helmet, a proper helmet when you're engaged in certain sports. 
but not just wearing the helmet, but wearing it properly. So we have a program called Helmets for Kids, and we fit the child with the, you know, the helmet for their size, and we show them the proper way to wear it. Right. So just having it on is not sufficient. It has to be on the correct way for it to um, work in the best way in case, you know, a child falls and hits their head. Right now with the winter and ice, you know, the proper way to walk, you know, that sort of the penguin oh, walk, sure. just things on, on how to prevent falling. And the other thing is that once somebody has a brain injury, their personality may change. And so they're not the same person they were before. Part of the awareness is for other people to recognize that there are people in our community who may have a bre- uh, you know, a head injury, but because it's not obvious, it's not an obvious disability because there's nothing physical. You can't see what's inside the head. Right. And they're not wearing a cast or cr- walking on crutches or anything else. Exactly. So my point is, is that when you see some people behaving maybe a little bit off, right. don't just naturally assume that they've been drinking or taking drugs or something else wrong with them. It could be something simple like they have a brain injury. Right. The fact that maybe they, they can't handle like an, uh, an anxiety-inducing situation, they're okay. See, every brain injury is different. As we say in the brain injury world, you've seen if you've seen one brain injury, you've seen one brain injury. Every brain injury is different. And so people manifest their symptoms differently. So some people will get upset very easily or they get angry really quickly and they can't help themselves. They would also fatigue easily. So you can't just assume, you know, make assumptions about this person. Um, you've got to think that, you know, perhaps... There's some deeper issue here that I, I can't see. Right. So that's the big challenge we have is that it's a hidden disability. It sounds like there's a wide range of sort of symptoms that people have. And when someone comes to your organization, where do you start? You're right about the having a lot of symptoms. Um, some of our board members are putting together a list of the possible symptoms, and I think they're up to 80 so far. Wow. Now, some of them are very common to most of them. Memory issues are huge. Mm-hmm. Um, fatigue is huge. Um, so that's why we keep our programs to like an hour, hour and a half max. So when someone calls our organization, you know, I'll, I'll get a little bit of background information about them and find out what it is they're looking for. Almost everybody with a brain injury would benefit from peer support. So that is talking to other people who have a brain injury because they're the ones who understand them the best. You know, despite the fact you may have someone in your family with a brain injury, Unless you have a brain injury, it's very difficult to really understand what they're going through. Difficult to relate to somebody in that situation. I mean, you can try, you know, uh, but it is difficult. And so in the peer support groups, they talk to other people who have a brain injury. And when you talk to other people who have a brain injury, they have a lot of hints and tricks and things that can help them or, or had helped them that they can share with others that they may not have thought of. Probably the the biggest hurdle is to understand the new them. Like they are a different person than they were before. They have to come to, to terms with the fact that they have a brain injury and the things that they were able to do before, they may not be able to do the same way now. So they have to accept their own situation. And, and that's the hardest thing. Right. But it's that hurdle of understanding that I'm different now. And, you know, once I accept that, I can move on with my life. So you mentioned these uh, programs. Give me an example of the kinds of things you said are. What else is there? Okay, well, um, doing like Sudoku and crosswords together as a group. Oh. Just some challenging things to challenge their brain. 
All right. Because a lot of people think that once your brain is injured like that, there's nothing you can do. You can know the, the brain is, is plastic, which means that it can, it can change. Um, you may have damaged some neural pathways, but you can build some new neural pathways. So new habits, new ways of doing things. And you can only do that by actually doing them. There is hope after, the, you know, a brain injury um, that, it can, that you can get better in a different way. And you say exercising your brain, that's kind of the advice they give to elderly people. That is extremely important. The other important part is physical activity because the brain and the body go together. I mean, our body doesn't work without the brain and vice versa. So when you exercise your body, you're also exercising your brain. Okay. So exercise is huge. Now, one of our challenges is that we don't have a building. We don't have a physical building to have these programs. And um, so our programs are sort of scattered throughout the city and county because of that. And um, and we're grateful to these other organizations. We're a charity, so donations and fundraisers is how we manage to keep up with the programs. Do you have any idea how many people have brain injuries in this area right now or how many clients you have? I mean, I know how many clients we have. I mean, and, and when I say how many clients we have now... It evolves all the time. Like, for instance, some people come into a program because they're drop-ins. You don't have to sign up for a membership. You don't have to do anything. You just come and go as you feel ready. Okay. We have about 170 clients at this particular moment. So how many in the city have brain injury? A lot. Let's say more than, than you probably realize. So one other thing I'd like to ask you is how do people find your services? They can contact us by telephoning. Uh, 519-981-1329, or they can go on our website, www.biawe.com. Great news. We are the only, the first and only Brain Injury Association in Ontario to have this um, our website completely accessible to all neurodiversities. So what that means is someone who's dyslexic, brain injured, um, you know, any kind of, of, of difficulty with reading or hearing can access our, our website. So it follows um, universal standards. So for instance, if you have difficulty reading, you can make the print bigger uh-huh. or you can put a background on it in a different color. If reading is totally out of the question, you can highlight what you want and it'll read to you. Oh, wow. It'll read it out loud, word for word. It'll describe pictures. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, I hope that helps a lot of people. I hope so. You know, we certainly don't want people to go to our website and go, oh, geez, I can't read it or I don't understand it. They, they can. Oh, and so that way they'll know everything that we do. Anything else you uh, want to add before we look? A lot of people don't know about us and don't know what we do and that we, we can help. So if you do know somebody with a brain injury, you may want to suggest that they call us and just find out if there's anything there suitable for them and help them through this this journey that they're on. Terrific. Thanks very much for coming in today, Anna. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Anna Jurak is Executive Director of the Brain Injury Association of Windsor and Essex County. So Jacqueline, you get help at home from your daughter. What does she do to help? Oh, she does everything. <laughs> yeah, my daughter Holly is a godsend. She helps me with the house. She helps me make the progies too as well. She's she's got her hands right in there and she's she's happy to do everything. Terrific. Yeah. If you uh, meet someone else who has a brain injury, what kind of advice do you like to tell them? 
Number one, I asked them if they've been to the brain injury clinic. I asked about their brain injury. We talk about their history. And they can relate to me. They can talk to me about this because they know what what I'm going through. Yes. You so know. being able to share with others yes. is comforting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And also helps with other people increase their understanding. And and- yes, definitely. Raising awareness. That's the biggest part of my goal yes. of doing all of this. Very good. Yeah. And thank you very much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you. Good. You can find more about Jacqueline's group, Brain Injury Making Miracles, on Facebook or on the web at bimm-disability.ca. Our thanks today as well to Dr. Anne McLaughlin at the Acquired Brain Injury Program at Hotel Dew Healthcare and to Anne Jurak from the Brain Injury Association of Windsor and Essex County. Together, you've led us to a better understanding of the problems caused by head injuries and how people who have acquired brain injuries can be helped to live a fuller life. I'm Phil Peck. Know who you are, decide where you'll go, and choose a life worth living. This was Better Together. I appreciate you being with us. Again, thanks to Dr. William McRae for sponsoring this podcast. Mr. McRae is the former Director of Education with the Windsor-Essex Catholic School Board.